the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. You're in the loop. Every week we talk with the people who make San Antonio a better place to live. Thanks for joining us in the loop. Here's your host, Milton Glick. And welcome to In the Loop. I'm Milton Glick, and that's exactly what we do. We get you caught up with the people and the organizations that are making San Antonio a better place to live. Got an interesting interview today because we're going to do like we always do. We're going to tell you about something you may not know about. Uh, but we're also going to give you an opportunity uh, to get involved uh, with this organization, too. We're going to talk to the Director of Pastoral Care. Uh, Katie Ivey is our guest today, and she is the Director of Pastoral Care at Mission Trails Baptist Hospital. Hi, Katie. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Milton. Thanks so much for having me on. No, listen, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, we had talked earlier today, so I, I know our audience is going to get lots of great information. And there may be some wow moments, some things that they didn't know. Um, so let's do this. We'll, we will just start off like we usually do um, and uh, tell us a little bit about um, Mission Trails. Uh, Baptist Hospital and and kind of the mission that you guys have there and uh, gosh the history too how long have have the Baptist Hospitals been part of San Antonio? Well, for a long, long time, okay. you know, Baptist Medical Center goes way back, and then gradually have added on more hospitals. There are five in San Antonio proper, and then Resolute at um, in New Braunfels, who's part of the Baptist Health System as well. And um, <clears throat> Mission Trail replaced the old Southeast Baptist Hospital that many of your listeners are familiar with. And uh, 11 years ago was opened uh, as the community hospital for South San Antonio, kind of nestled there at Brooks. And, um, you know, the, the builders thought, well, it'll take a while to fill it up, but it was full the second day. And so we knew that um, this was exactly the right place to be and uh, offered an opportunity for people to have quality health care without having to drive all over the city to get it. And, and people want to stay near their homes where their relatives can come visit them and where they can be close to home. And, and so it has turned out to be a, a wonderful marriage of a hospital that, that does a great job with a community that loves this hospital and, and uses it. And Katie, talk a little bit, too, uh, because you were trying to impress this on me uh, today. Uh, the community where it's located has some, some unique characteristics to it. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the community? Well, well, it does. One of the things that we know about it is that it has uh, a higher than um, the state average or even the city average of diabetes um, in the community. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, but whatever, um, there are families there who have generation after generation have had diabetes, type 2 diabetes particularly. And so there are uh, things that go along with that, uh, you know, complications with it that occur. Um, you know, it changes the circulation in the body. If you don't, if you're not mindful of your blood sugar, it 
um, can cause um, parts of your, your extremities to be numb and to um, become infected and not be able to heal, and that results sometimes in, in having to have vascular bypasses or even amputations. Um, it can affect your eyesight. There are all kinds of complications. The kidneys, um, it, it, many people are on dialysis on the south side, and part of that is because the health care provided on the south side has never been the same as it was in north of Hildebrand. And so a lot of people on the south side do not have um, primary care physician, for example. And those primary care physicians who practice on the south side are extremely busy. My Their bad. practices are full. And that means that it kind of builds a culture where the primary care physician, um, I guess by necessity, because there aren't that many, um, is is not that valued. I, I'm guessing that many people, or some people anyway, get their their care at the hospital. Uh, that's the first place they stop, or they try to take yeah. care of it themselves. That's right. And but one of the things that we know is that the the Mission Trail uh, Emergency Department is extremely busy, and um, we'll have I think close to five thousand visits per month. And so, you know, think of that over a 30-day period, 5,000 visits. And um, so that means that a lot of people are coming to the emergency room for things that are not emergencies, but they don't have anywhere else to get care. And so they come to the emergency room, and as a result, the emergency room is jammed all the time. But uh, I'm guessing that that, uh, from hearing you talk about the the, – about Mission Trail Baptist Hospital, that they have figured out a way as best they can to to uh, to get people in and out as soon as they can. Absolutely, and that's what we want to do. We want to uh, provide the care that people need without an excessive stay in the hospital and get them home to their families where they want to be. And that's part of, you know, the goal of being a community hospital is to be in the community and for the community to be in you. So we, we reach out to the community, and then we invite the community in. And it has been a really a success story. Just last year, uh, in August, they opened the Women's Services Unit called The Nest in Baptist. And The Nest has been a tremendous success on the south side because so many people were driving out of the south side region to go north to have babies when... Um, and now they can stay at Mission Trail, and gradually that just builds and builds and builds. And um, it, is, it has become a really important service for us, and we'll be expanding soon. And you were telling me, too, I, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that uh, there was a way for P- our, our listeners, if they wanted to, to become, uh, uh, to help the uh, the nest, to help these women, um, Talk about one of the, the what you were telling me about the uh, when when someone leaves and and what what they do there at Mission Trail Baptist Hospital. Well, what we found out, what we discovered, um, was that many of the moms who came to Mission Trail to have their babies uh, didn't have the resources that they needed. Perhaps they had no neonatal care. Perhaps they didn't have any um, supplies at home. Perhaps they didn't have a supportive uh, community. So Dr. John Isaac, who is the medical director of the neonatal ICU at Mission Trail, got together with people from the hospital and said, we need to address this issue. And so Lamel Taylor, who is the staff chaplain at Mission Trail, 
um, began to uh, reach out into the community to form a, a group of, of organizations, churches, individuals who are called the NIST partners. And the partners provide virtually in an hour's turnaround um, supplies for these moms who don't have any resources. So, for example, we might call a church and say, we have a baby boy. That's all we can tell them. We can tell them how much the baby weighs, and so they know what size clothes and diapers to buy. And they might come with, with diapers and shampoo and, and, and a little baby bathtub, um, just all kinds of ways to help these uh, moms who are overwhelmed uh, by what it takes to take care of a baby, and they're not ready to and uh, this helps them. The wonderful thing about it, Milton, is it gives these churches an opportunity to connect with people who, who need it. They wouldn't normally be able to do that because they, they don't know the names of the patients, and of course we can't give that information out. And so what we serve as the conduit to get those who want the help connected to those who need the help. And so it's a wonderful partnership and so if a, a church or an organization or even an individual is called by us to say, uh, we need baby bottles and this is what we need, uh, about an hour later, they will show up at the hospital, park at the, in the circle as you enter the hospital. One of the chaplains will come meet them, uh, take a picture of them with their, the things that they're bringing, and then um, the, the church or, or individual who brings the things will leave. And the chaplains will take the uh, resources up to the mom. And in that package will be a, a sheet of paper that says this was provided by whatever, whoever it was, the church or, or an individual or an organization. And here is the contact person with a phone number so they can call and thank them. Mm -hmm. And then, but they never know, you know, they don't know, meet the people from the church unless they make an effort to later. And, of course, they know that this stuff does not come from Mission Trail. It comes from the partners in the community. That's what community does. Yeah. Is it, it absolutely takes an opportunity for people to do the good that's in their generous hearts and, uh, and, and for people to receive it. So if a church is not already participating... Uh, but would like to, or even an organization, uh, business that, that is philanthropic, that wants to uh, participate, um, where, what do they call? What do they do? Okay, well, they can call uh, the pastoral care office, and I will give you my office number, which has an answering machine, so um, people can call even if I'm not there. Uh, the number is 210-297-3751. Okay. My answer will answer the phone, and they can leave a message for me to call them back, and we can do uh, have a conversation about it over the phone. One church that's interested in being involved with us has invited me on Sunday to come talk to their community. Oh, exciting! To make these decisions. Yeah. And so we can do that too. Um, yeah, and uh, what I do for listeners, Katie, so you know, is uh, if you didn't get that number, two one zero. Two nine seven three seven five one. 
call me. I'm Milton here at the station. I'll get it for you. Maybe you're driving while hearing the show. Can't write something down. Don't worry. Just remember to call the station uh, on Monday or whenever you need this, and I will get you this information. Uh, our guest today is Chaplain Katie Ivey. She's the Director of Pastoral Care with Mission Trail Baptist Hospital. Katie, we talked about a number of different programs. You want to talk a little bit about the uh, support groups that you guys have for the community there at uh, Mission Trail? Yeah, we have uh, two support groups that we operate at our hospital, and this is inviting the community in. Um, we have a stroke support group that meets the fourth Thursday of every month at 2 o'clock in the hospital cafeteria, and that group has been going on. It went on all through COVID, and so it has never stopped. Uh, they did some virtual stuff, but now they're meeting in person again. And the second one is the diabetes support group, and I'm particularly involved in that. And it meets the third Tuesday of the month uh, from 4.30 to 5.30 in the hospital cafeteria. And I, I think I can speak to both of these. One of the things that happens when people have a chronic illness is there is so much emotional stuff that goes along with it. There's a lot of grief often because of uh, restrictions on activities or or things in diabetes, particularly having to make food changes. And uh, and so there's a lot of things that go along with this where people feel kind of guilty, they feel depressed, they feel that they might, you know, be kind of losing control of their lives. And these support groups, um, the, the most important part of the group are the people in the group because they help the others say, let me tell you how I have dealt with this. And so people are willing to ask each other questions that, um, that offer an opportunity for them to learn how somebody else has been successful and to also uh, ask questions. And so with having a medical professional at each of these groups um, offers the opportunity to do that. And then, of course, there's always the emotional side. It, it's been very successful at Mission Trail, and we're really happy to do that. And... Um, Diabetes support group's been going on about four years. And, and I, I would love to tell you how it got started. Okay. A, a patient that I had many years ago um, called me one day and said, you know, here I am. I, I've had diabetes. I haven't taken care of myself. So now I've had a heart attack. I've had a stroke. I, I have, I'm on dialysis uh, three times a week. I've lost one of my legs. And he said, I think people need to be encouraged to know they don't have to be me. If they have diabetes, they don't have to end up like me with a heart attack and a stroke and a missing limb and on dialysis because their kidneys are, are, are ruined. He said, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think we need to get together with people and say, you don't have to be me. And I thought, that's the most generous thing I've heard of lately. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, actually, it's it's funny how powerful ideas start uh, rather than in big groups with, you know, they start with one person just saying, you know what, and then they grow. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, so for the uh, for the diabetes support group or the stroke support group, um, do they have to be a patient? Have Do they have to have been a patient no. there at uh, Mission Trail or can anybody be a part of them? Anybody can be a part of them. You know, it's. It's one of these things. I have people in the diabetes support group who don't even have diabetes. But oh. they have a family member who does. 
That makes and so, yeah, there, there's so much um, connection with these with everybody who's trying to deal with some kind of a chronic um, condition. And, um, you know, the family is such an important part of recovering from a chron- uh, something that has happened that's acute and then dealing with a chronic condition. And so uh, we feel we feel good about families coming. But absolutely anybody, uh, you don't have to be a patient at Baptist. You don't have to have ever set foot in Mission Trail. But we would love to have you come to the group and learn and talk to others who are dealing with the same kinds of things you are. And how do people find out about the groups, when they meet, make a contact that'll, that'll uh, give them information, maybe someone that's looking forward to them being there? Um, yes, well... To- let me let me just give that information again, Milton, okay. and then if one people can call the station if they miss it. Okay. I would normally direct them to the website, but I'm not sure that the website is up to date on this. So um, the Diabetes Support Group meets the third Tuesday of every month at 4.30 in the afternoon. It's just a one-hour meeting. We want people to get out of there and be able to go eat their supper. And the Stroke Support Group meets the fourth Thursday of every month at two o'clock, and so uh, and also in the cafeteria at the hospital, and so anybody's welcome to come. And uh, you know, everybody brings their own story, and everyone has a story. And these are places where you can tell your story, and where your story may impact someone else's um, outcome. Our guest today on In the Loop is uh, the Director of Pastoral Care at Mission Trail Baptist Hospital, Katie Ivey, uh, Chaplain Katie Ivey. And um, Katie, I want to talk a little bit about you, if that's okay. Is there anything I haven't touched on on the hospital? Well, uh, you know, just one thing I want to say, Milton, is every December we have a memorial service for all those patients who have died in our hospital during the year. And we invite their families to come to the hospital. Um, this year it's December the 4th at 5 o'clock, and they'll, they'll get an invitation in the mail from us if we have a good address for them. And we invite them to come and share a time of, uh, ho- at the holidays is a very hard time for people who've lost their loved ones, and because it brings memories that are touching and that uh, are profound and, and really important to people. So we offer an opportunity for them to come together with other people who are also grieving in the in the holiday time and to have, hear a, a music and a reflection and, and offer them an opportunity to bring a, an ornament from their family to hang on a big Christmas tree we have in the lobby that will hang there in honor of their loved one for the entire Christmas season. And, and then when we take the tree down, we, we keep all of those family ornaments separate so that in case someone says, you know, I'd really like to have that ornament back, we can get it for them. And so it's a, one, it's a lovely service, and um, we're, we're always happy to have it. Last year we had 175 people yeah, there that's incredible. in the lobby of the hospital, which is a, you know, it's a huge crowd. Yeah, that is a huge crowd, and I, I was very impressed by the number of folks that participated. That's great. That means you're touching lives. And you said people come year after year, which is great. Um, yeah, it's interesting, yes. All right, so that's coming up December 4th, and then um, um, how do they get an invitation to that if they'd like to be there, or how does that work? Well, they, um, the, 
we send invitations okay. out to the the, to the families that we have for the person who is deceased. Okay. And their family can come. But it doesn't just need to be the person who was their medical power of attorney or the son that we knew. It can be the whole family. And and oftentimes we have families who come that bring uh, their children because this is an opportunity for them to have a special service. And we call out the names of the of the uh, family member who is there who died. And then the family can come forward as a group and hang this ornament. It's very touching. They can take pictures. And we have really soft music going on in the time. And it's, it's a lovely time. And people are, are um, I think, really ministered to by the music and the fact that they're not alone. You know, a lot of times when we lose someone, we think we're all alone in this. We think that we're the only ones who have ever experienced this really horrible thing. And when you come together with other people who have shared the same kind of thing, it's really um, comforting to know that it's not just you. Other people are involved, too, and, yeah. and know what you're feeling. Well, it's that sense of community. You were talking about that, and that, that's a smaller community, but still uh, very powerful to be around other people that, that want to support you and that are going through what you're going through. So, Katie, yeah, I've got a question for you. I hope we have time for I have two questions. But we're going to we're going to start with one because we have about six minutes left. Um, talk about we mentioned that, that you are a chaplain at uh, Mission Trail Baptist Hospital. Talk a little bit about that, because it's it's fascinating to, to hear what your day is like, what you go through, what because people meet you briefly. And I bet you everybody has a chaplain story that's been in the hospital. Uh, but but we don't know much about what you're going through. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, we we are trained especially to be chaplains. I I have a Master of Divinity degree. I'm an ordained pastor. But but I can't really be a chaplain of note until I have um, clinical pastoral education for a year to teach me how to be a chaplain in the hospital. And by that I mean to know um, how how to be with people in whatever their situation is and to um, allow them to express whatever they're feeling without any judgment, but rather um, to support them uh, in any way. And, and we may have a brief meeting. I may meet people, and I'll never see them again. But that one time was very important for them because of what was going on in their life. And um, it's traumatic when you lose someone. It's, it's it's traumatic when you have to be in the hospital. And so the chaplain comes alongside um, to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm here with you. And uh, if you need a prayer, we can give you a prayer. If you don't want a prayer, you don't have to have one. Um, no matter what your faith tradition is, the chaplains are very capable of handling uh, pastoral care for that particular faith tradition or can get you in contact with someone from a specific faith. Um, it, it's wonderful work, Milton, and it's not like being a pastor in a church where you have an opportunity to build relationships over a long period. We see our, our patients briefly, but I cannot tell you how many times someone from my office is asked to do a funeral for someone mm. because the chaplain ministry was so important to that family during a difficult time. Wow. And, and we're, happy, we're happy to do that. It's, um, it is a really wonderful work, 
And, uh, it, you know, for people who think they might be interested in chaplaincy, um, you know, I, I would be very happy to talk to them about it. But you, there's quite a lot of education that goes into it. And, um, but we have wonderful chaplains at Baptist, and we are thrilled that, uh, you know, the Baptist Health System thinks chaplaincy is so important that we have departments in every one of the hospitals. So let me ask you this real quick with just a couple of minutes we have left. Can you give me a best practice? Because I've been in the hospital and I have had a chaplain visit and it was like, oh, I, I, I don't know what to do. What do I say? What do I do? And it was more like, oh, thank you. Thanks for stopping by, which I realize is I don't know if that's common or it was just me. But what's what's a best practice to uh, when the chaplain comes in the room uh, to talk with you? Um, how should you approach it as a patient? I think when the chaplain comes in, it, you know, it, this is your space. You, you own that room. And so, you know, the chaplain is going to knock on the door and ask if they can come in um, because this is your, your space. And um, the chaplain will ask you probably, how are you doing? You know, how do you feel? And you need to feel free to say what you want to to the chaplain. And a lot of times, uh, people tell us things that they might not tell their own pastor uh, because they think they'll never see us again. Hmm. And then sometimes it's true. But um, nevertheless, the chaplain is there to listen to whatever you have to say. And if, if what you have to say is, I'm delighted that I've got this new me and I'm not going to have any more pain, and, you know, I'm just tickled you came in here to say hello, that's fine with us. But if it comes down to um, we find that a lot of people – have under unresolved grief that they're dealing with, and oftentimes the chaplain's visit elicits that and uh, and gives people an opportunity to kind of look at it um, in a more objective way with the chaplain, and and uh, sometimes it really makes a huge difference in in their health because uh, you know grief is is very stressful, very and even if you don't know that you're grieving. Yeah, it's very interesting. We will have to have you on again, Katie, because uh, uh, you really, uh, it's amazing. And the stuff that you were talking about in the lives uh, that you've touched. Can I give your phone number out again? Yes, please. 210-297-3751. And that'll be, uh, if you have a question about some of the stuff that Katie talked about today, that'll go to her uh, office phone and uh, just leave a voicemail and she'll get back with you. Katie, thank you uh, so much uh, for being a part of the show. Thank you, Milton. I really appreciate it. Our guest today, Director of Pastoral Care, Chaplain Katie Ivey with Mission Trail Baptist Hospital. If you didn't get that number, you call me again here at the station. I'm Milton Glick, and we'll get it to you. It's been a pleasure talking to her and learning all about this. I'm Milton Glick. Hey, join us next week as we keep you in the loop. Thanks for joining us in the loop. We look forward to bringing you next week's show with Milton Glick. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.